Environment Minister Stephen Guibault is defending the controversial carbon tax while admitting that households are paying more even with the rebate payments. Following the assault of protester Chris Elston, better known as Billboard Chris, at a transgender rally in Vancouver, Vancouver police are seeking witnesses and investigating the altercation. Chinese Canadians are more likely to believe that the communist Chinese regime actively interfered in Canada's elections than to doubt the allegations. Hello Canada, it's Monday, April 3rd, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Rachel Emanuel. And I'm Andrew Lutt. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Over the weekend, Canadians were forced to pay more in carbon taxes as the tax increased from $50 to $65 per tonne. This comes at a time when families are struggling to make ends meet. And the increased carbon tax means higher prices for everyday goods like gasoline. Despite this, Environment Minister Stephen Gobeau is defending the controversial tax, even while admitting that with the government's rebate, Canadians are still paying more for the carbon tax. Guibault told CTV that the system is designed to be proportional, meaning the rich will foot the larger bill. I would ask you, the way in which your government sold this to Canadians was, we're going to incentivize your behavior, a change in behavior at the outset, and we're not going to punish you on, on the other end. But if, in fact, we are taking a net loss on that, and that the rebates don't cover the full cost of it for a majority of Canadians... I would invite you to look carefully at what the Parliamentary Budget Officer said. He said that, on average, um, household will will pay more. But when you look at the details, um, the better off Canadians, richer Canadians in the jurisdictions where the federal pricing system is being applied, will pay thousands of dollars more in, in, in carbon pricing. But average Canadians and low-income Canadians, and that's very clear in, in, in the Parliamentary Budget Officer's report, will get more money. Minister, respectfully, I'm looking at the, the PBO's report right now, and he goes through each quintile uh, of the income brackets. In Alberta, each and every quintile will see a net loss. In Saskatchewan, all but the very lowest income, and the same in Manitoba. So I take your point that it is progressive, uh, but, but in those instances, in those provinces, it's only the, those at the lowest part of the income scale that will see any net benefit. Everybody else, and certainly those in the second income bracket, are not exactly you know, the richest of Canadians. And, and once again, when your government said what this program was intended to accomplish, it made a promise to... He said that on average, um, household will, will pay more. But when you look at the details, um, the better off Canadians, richer Canadians in the jurisdictions where the federal pricing system is being applied, will pay thousands of dollars more in, in, in carbon pricing. But average Canadians and low-income Canadians, and that's very clear in, in, in the Parliamentary Budget Officer's report, will get more money. In Alberta, each and every quintile will see a net loss. In Saskatchewan, all but the very lowest income, and the same in Manitoba. So I take your point that it is progressive, uh, but, but in those instances, in those provinces, it's only the, those at the lowest part of the income scale that will see any net benefit. Everybody else, and certainly those in the second income bracket, are not exactly you know, the richest of Canadians. Andrew, I am consistently surprised when Guibault manages to maintain his position in the Liberals' cabinet. I find him to be incredibly unclear. Here it seems we get an admission from him that, yes, Canadians will be paying more in taxes, at least wealthier Canadians, but I actually have no idea how this program is going to work based on his comments. Do you have any idea what this rebate is going to look like? 
Well, I think the government sold a bill of goods to Canadians here that it was barely going to affect them at all because the average middle-class, happy-go-lucky suburban Canadian family was going to get a rebate that outpaced and surpassed what they were paying in carbon tax. But if that was ever true, it has not held when the carbon tax has been increased, including this most recent hike on April 1st. So I I think it was interesting. In that clip, uh, Minister Gilbeau says uh, at first that, yes, the average family will pay more, And then he says a minute later, the average family and lower income families will pay less. Uh, So he clearly doesn't know the reporter he's trying to obfuscate. But what people need to realize is that a carbon tax is not just about the direct tax you pay as a part of it. It's also about the derivative tax that you pay when anything you purchase has had this carbon tax applied to it. So obviously we know that with the carbon tax, the price of all goods across Canada are going to be going up. And the real question here that we still don't have an answer to, as you just mentioned, Gibo was unable to explain this program clearly, is whether the rebate that middle and low income Canadians receive is going to be equal to the extra amount that they're paying in goods. But it sounds like that is overly optimistic and not what's going to end up happening at all. No, I would agree. And and also the rebate has never been targeted, as I've understood it, and as most Canadians have understood it, to uh, the actual goals of the carbon tax. So, you know, theoretically, you could be a family that drives two Hummers around and just burns diesel in your free time. And you're still going to have this rebate if you meet the economic criteria. So in that sense, the carbon tax scheme doesn't even connect to the government's stated objective. Vancouver police are investigating two violent incidents at a weekend trans rights rally involving Chris Elston, better known by his online moniker Billboard Chris. Elston is known for actively protesting against gender ideology, arguing that children cannot consent to medically assisted sex changes. Uh, Videos of the incidents show two individuals shouting, grabbing, and throwing Elston to the ground. Uh, These videos were released by Elston himself, and in them, Vancouver police officers are standing by as he's getting shouted and only move in when physical violence breaks out. Uh, But even then, they declined to lay charges. One Vancouver police officer told Elston that it was a consensual fight. This is Canada, and people shouldn't be allowed to assault people without consequence, you know? So the thing is, right, um, when we get into people's faces, Mm -hmm. when they get into our faces, it doesn't really matter who does the first push. It's considered a consensual fight, and maybe that's something you serve. Twitter users were quick to react and criticize Vancouver police for failing to de-escalate the situation. Vancouver's Deputy Police Chief Howard Chow defended the officers, saying that policing demonstrations and protests is challenging, noting the right to free speech is a very important aspect that police need to defend. Although Vancouver police later changed their tune, issuing a release saying that uh, they will be investigating this and are seeking bystander videos, eyewitness accounts, and collecting victims' statements. Uh, Do you think, Rachel, that this was always the plan just to, in the immediate situation, deal with de-escalation and lay possible charges after the fact? Or do you think this was a bit of a pivot after they were being so skewered online for not making an arrest at the moment? You know, that's a great question. It's really tough to say. I obviously don't know specifically what's going on in their minds, but it does look like a pivot there was so much outrage, especially over the how that one officer responded. We heard that clip there where she was sort of defending what happened and how Chris Elston was attacked. 
But also in another video that's been going viral online and photos of this officer have been circulating on Twitter and elsewhere, I'm sure, this officer is seen actually smiling and appearing to be laughing while he's being attacked. This is really unprofessional conduct. It's absolutely inappropriate from an officer. I'm surprised she wasn't aware that, hey, look at all the cameras around. Someone's going to catch this on film and this is not going to go over for me. But that's exactly what we're seeing now. And people are really upset. And people have been flooding the Vancouver police's inbox and phone calls with messages saying, this is not okay and you need to deal with this. So I expect there is going to be some fallback from that incident. And I expect this officer is going to have to face some tough questions from her superiors. When you go, as Chris Elston does, Billboard Chris does, into the lion's den, you have to, I think, be prepared for the worst. But that doesn't mean that that is the right or just way for these things to unfold. I, I mean, I think arguably there's a case that when that uh, individual was shouting in his ear that there was an assault taking place, but certainly when he had his throat grabbed and was assailed in that way, it, it was. So I don't think that the hot tensions of a protest justify that sort of conduct. No, absolutely not. And you're right. He is going into the lion's den with this controversial sign, you know, it provokes people, but that is his right. And this is Canada. And he should absolutely be able to go to a protest and say something controversial and have this sign and not fear over being attacked. And, you know, it really makes me as a woman question, hmm, moving forward, I've always gone to rallies and events and protests and I haven't really thought anything of it, but it makes me question, is this something I'm going to have to reconsider down the line? We've seen so much violence across the U.S. It's regular for fights to break out at these types of rallies where there's protesters, you know, and anti-protesters. It's something that we haven't seen as much in Canada, and it certainly looks like that's changing. And I don't like the direction that our country is headed in if that's where we're going. I think it's something that needs to be nipped in the bud and say, we're not going to allow protesters and anti-protesters to be attacked at these types of events. You can go there. There's police around and know that you're going to be safe. And I would say, you know, that didn't really appear to be the case at this protest in Vancouver over the weekend. And I'm hoping that the Vancouver police are going to come back with a strong response to reassure Canadians that that type of behavior is still unacceptable in Canada. Amid allegations of racism by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, suspected public office holders and the People's Republic of China, a new poll reveals that Chinese Canadians are more likely to believe that the communist Chinese regime actively interfered in Canada's elections. In the leisure poll released on Thursday, 34% of Chinese Canadians said they believe Chinese state representatives pressured their community into promoting Chinese government objectives, whereas 27% doubted the allegations. The poll stated, quote, Chinese Canadians who have immigrated to Canada less than 10 years ago are almost twice as likely to agree with the allegations. The poll revealed that just more than 1 in 20 said they had personally experienced pressure from the Chinese government. The survey comes after multiple national security officials reported leaked intelligence documents to the media, alleging that China interfered in multiple Canadian elections. Andrew, this appears to me to be a very telling story that Chinese Canadians are actually more likely to believe in these allegations and they're concerned, they say, some of them have said we have personally experienced pressure from the Chinese government and they seem to think it's very possible that it could be happening in Canada as well. 
Absolutely. And members of the Chinese diaspora are here for a reason. Many of them uh, wanted to get away from this grip on power that the Chinese Communist Party has. So they don't like when that influence starts seeping into affairs here. And we see this in other cases, whether it's members of the Iranian diaspora or those who have fled from other dictatorial regimes around the world. And it's actually quite shameful that you have so many white non-Chinese liberals that uh, think they know better than what these Chinese Canadians, many of whom have family over there, which has affected the relationships that they have with the regime, uh, are, are saying here. And I think Canadians in general, but certainly the Liberal government, should be listening to these Chinese Canadians. I think you make a really good argument there that it's shameful that we have some Canadians who think they know better white Canadians. Here we have a group of people who arguably know the Chinese regime. They understand it better than certainly you or I. You know, they've lived under it. They've had family and relatives that have lived under it and still live under it and are experiencing what that's like, what that pressure from the Chinese government is like. In a sense, it actually serves as a warning to some of us who don't fully understand how the Chinese regime can kind of spread its tentacles into other countries. And, you know, maybe it's time we take this more seriously. There are a number of Canadians who are very concerned about this issue and have been pressuring the government to take action on it. But I wonder if this survey is something that would hit home for the government. Or at this point, it's probably more likely that they're going to make decisions that are in their best political interest. And we can only hope that Canadians scream loud enough and get these reports and the information that we've been asking for. That's it for today. And don't forget to check in at tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media. You can do that over at donate.tnc.news. Thanks for listening and have a great day.